I found her. I find her character really cringy. I think she's unlikable. Um, you're not the only one. Welcome to the Monarch Experience Podcast here at the Monarch Experience Podcast. We are all about giving students the platform to be able to voice their opinions about what matters most to them. And today, here's what matters most. Cobra Kai, Season 5, Rika from Season 3, Rika from Season 4, Rika's back for Season 5. And we're going to be talking about all things Cobra Kai Season 5 and also all things in the whole Cobra Kai universe as a as a whole. Uh, if you are a Cobra Kai fan or Karate Kid fan or you're thinking about getting into watching the show, definitely this is something for you to listen to. Uh, but before we jump right into this amazing conversation with Rika, make sure that you're following us on social media. You can follow us on Snapchat at The Monarch Experience Podcast. You can follow us on TikTok at monarch xp and of course you can follow us on twitter at the monarch xp as well super excited for big things this year we're going to be we have our own very own podcast club so that just means we've got more eyes more hands involved in the podcast uh, more creativity that's going to be flowing. More people are going to be creating content. Uh, again, I have to give a major thank you to three amazing people who are now in high school. Uh, Sria, Rohan, and Umar, thanks so much for being a part of the content creator specialist last year. Um, it really kind of, in a way, has become the dry run or like the the trial uh, for me to help understand what I wanted to happen with the podcasting club and just having you know tons and tons of students be able to have their hands in this podcast because that's what this podcast is. It's for students, created by students. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk all things Cobra Kai Season 5 with Rika. For the third year in a row, for the third Cobra Kai review in a row, we've got the wonderful, the former Memorial student, Rika, Rika, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful, and I'm pumped that we're doing this. Uh, you ready to carry the load here? Definitely. <laughs> it's just, it's going to be the Rika show. We go back with Student Council. You have been on three episodes of the same, you know. Franchise. <laughs> yeah, same franchise. Yeah, right? Like, you, you are the franchise, I think, when it comes to the Monarch <laughs> Experience podcast's reviews of Cobra Kai. So we're going we're gonna to be chatting about Cobra Kai Season 5, overall what our thoughts were on it, uh, some story arcs that we thought were worth noting, uh, major themes that really jumped out at us, uh, talking about favorite scenes, talking about Crease, talking about whether or not we even liked it or not, and things that we're thinking uh, that they can go from here, and what to expect with Season 6. So Rico, you ready to jump into it? Yes. Me too. Let's do it. Okay, so I think one of the biggest things was let's actually start. Let's kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on the season? We'll, we'll have time to dive in on specific things and whatnot. But you and I were talking before we hit record, and, and you had some strong feelings, as did I, on overall season five, Cobra Kai. What was your thought? I feel like this entire season was more of a drag and it didn't have that many interesting parts to it. It was just more like 
were mending relationships and it was mostly setting up the next season than it had any action. The the only fun part of it that was actually worth it was Robbie and Miguel fighting it out and actually getting together after like four seasons of animosity. And which which was kind of fitting with uh Johnny Lawrence and and LaRusso. And LaRusso, right? Like fighting it out, fighting it out and then finally what was the season Four, I guess, where they Four. officially yeah. came together. So you got one season behind Robbie and Miguel. Yeah. So the um, also in the begin the beginning of the season when Miguel ran away and went to uh, Mexico to find his dad, when he finally realized that his mom did what was best for him and went back, that was like actually a good and touching scene. Yeah. Because a lot of these characters, they seem like even though they you can tell they have families. It's not like it seems like they're not involved. Like, what parent would let their kid do Cobra Kai and stuff like this? Yeah, I, I, that's something. Five seasons in, or five years, I guess, of this. Like, all I keep thinking is like, how is this business still like exactly. thriving? Like, how did it not get <laughs> shut down? How did it not get canceled? Exactly. And how do their parents not notice when their kids come back with like bloody hands from being forced to punch stones, right, or broken arms, and they're like, "Eh, you know, it's karate. It's good." Like, <laughs> Yeah, this is – how does child services not get involved? Like, these are all minors. Like, if the parents are going to be negligent, in real life, the parents and the kids and, like, the and Terry Silver, they'd all be I taken mean, away. The only reason why perhaps CPS wouldn't be called in, like, these past two seasons is because of Silver. Okay. But before that, like, there has to have been someone who called the cops. Yeah. Right, someone who's just like, hey, enough with this karate nonsense. Like, you guys are killing each other. Because really what stood out to me with – I know we're trying to talk about season five, but, like, this whole, this whole thing is that it's really just gang warfare. Like, <laughs> like it's it, – like, they made it basically where it's, it's, a ga- it's gang fighting on the streets at which – with minors – and it's like initiating into like the gang, uh, yeah. turf wars. Like this is where our gang hangs out. Uh, they did that at the they did that at the the water park. It was like I guess we're gonna have to hang out on this side of the water park. Like it's gang warfare. The only thing is it's they're a like water park. It's a water. It's park. a water park. <laughs> and and of course you know like every eighties kind of show. And I mean obviously it's based off of eighties teen movies and whatnot, but. Every kid in high school is at the water park on that day, of course, because that's what happens in this town. There's only one water park or one thing to do. And I, I like, there's so many people in the in in the, the valley in California or yeah. wherever they are. Yeah. It's like, there's got to be more people all over the place. People need to be seeing this. Like, if if the All Valley Tournament is supposed to be such a big deal, then how do they not notice that something is wrong? And if there are so many people participating, then could they not tell when Sam in season four when Sam clearly scored a point and Tori did not, and they gave the point to Tori instead? Right. I mean, like, come on, like. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where, like, I like how we're taking a realistic approach. Like, child services must have been called at this point. Uh, and in season five, when the uh, when there was a competition between like Miyagi Do, Eagle Fang, and um, uh, Cobra Kai, yeah. when they were fighting for the Seikai Taikai spot, yep. they they're the judges in the back. They were supposed to. They're in a world class karate competition. Could they not tell when there was a point? Did they really need a local ref that most definitely could be bribed by Silver? Right, I know. And then like knowing that about so like there's just so much like I mean the, the if if you take this approach to watching this show, I think it's hard to enjoy it. 
And <laughs> I wonder if that contributed to my enjoyment of the season where I found myself – maybe it's just fatigue from the show, uh, but found myself kind of like – just nitpicking almost to just be like that nudge yeah. of like, no, 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 that wouldn't really happen. Uh, Rico, so I'm getting the feeling you didn't love season five. I most definitely did not. It was not nearly as good as season four or even season three. Like yeah, I agree. they all had important character building parts. Yes. And what I didn't get was that Daniel and Amanda had been together for like years and they they've shared stuff with each other and how come Amanda does not know the effect that Silver has had on him like I, yeah I know he, he has the right to be mad and want to take him down and she does not understand that and she's just like I'm leaving you I I need a break and like she all he did was try was accidentally knock down a couple of bonsais because he thought that Silver talked bad about you like it was he's trying to support everyone here and he's getting like hated on yeah and and i think that was done really well where my wife and i when we were watching it we both were like oh danny how did you not see that coming like of course silver's got you like wrapped around his finger like you're yeah like he's got you under control i agree with that though like i i felt like that was a little bit uh not believable, and I guess maybe that's going to be a major theme for us as we're talking about this, where I just felt like yeah. they've been married for how long, and she clearly knows how important karate and Miyagi-Do and like his entire backstory is uh, in his life and how much it's affected him and shaped him to become who he is. How do you not know all the Terry Silver kind of like that backstory? I felt like that was a weak way of like, yeah, let's, let's make Danny have a hard time now. Yeah. I uh, I also like that after they brought in uh, Kumiko in the earlier season, they they brought like brought her back yes. for Chosen. Yeah, I because I did he, too. he also needs someone because everybody has a partner because now Daniel and Amanda that was like set in stone a while ago. We have um, Johnny and Carmen, Crease uh, and Silver are their own people. Yeah, we don't. They're they're out of the picture. Well, they're your and, antagonists, right? So they don't need yeah, a a, yeah. a person to help them move forward I mean, or grow. Chris, Chris did have someone, and that's why he became like this. True. So I guess that counts. Or you could count but, Tori as his person. I okay. So when he was in prison and Tori was visiting Chris, when he said granddaughter, I was I wasn't looking at the subtitles and I didn't hear the quotes in them. Uh-huh. And I was like, since when are they grandfather and grandchild? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we're let's let's kind of circle back for a second. So what overall, if you were to say just good or bad, no in between, what would you say season five was? Bad. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and look, that's not to say that they're not really good things that were a part of it. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about those in specific detail as we go. But I got to agree with you. I felt like I don't think it was terrible, but I found myself watching it. And unlike the other four seasons, I was not like, ooh, one more. Like to me, I had to take so many breaks to keep watching it. Me too. And there was no like Cobra Kai. Like my wife and I will binge that and watch it in like two days, usually three days. If like we have other stuff going on. And this one, we just kind of felt like it was just a show. We were like, okay, we'll watch it when we have time. There's no, it took me two and a half weeks. Yeah. To get through it. Yeah. There was really nothing that happened. And I, I did like the Miguel stuff in the beginning because I really thought his dad, I really believed that his dad was a good dude. And I thought it was just going to be no misconception. So 
yeah. the way that they switched it, I, I kind of was really shocked. Not shocked, but I was kind of impressed by uh, the actor because I, I really just – this guy looks like a family guy. Like, I don't see any like, yeah. bad thing about him. And, and I thought that was important for Miguel, the character, to see that and to see that like, hey, you've got a mom and she is more than enough. She is more than yeah. capable. You don't need that dude to be yeah. your father. So I thought that was good. But then that whole middle of like episodes three through 11 was just – what are we doing? We're spinning our wheels. Dude, the entire season was just filler episodes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you said it was like a setup that, to season six. I couldn't agree more. A, it felt like it was just one giant setup. The part that really, really got me to – that didn't get me interested in it was how cringy and cliche it was. Because I saw every single part of it coming. See, yeah. like – Every time they went to Silver's house, I knew they were going to get their butts kicked. Of course. Because what, how, who came up with the idea that them going to Silver's house while they were all drunk was a good idea? Like Their justification was yeah. that he wouldn't see it coming because they were all drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's some bad logic right there. That's some really bad logic. I'm gonna get, uh, it's, it just didn't make sense. That, that was one that didn't make sense. And there were some really... Okay, honestly, I just don't like Sam. Sam, I found her, yeah. I found her character really cringy. I think she's unlikable. Um, you're not the only one. Um, yeah. My wife felt the same way. I, I kind of felt the same way. Do you think that she is spoiled? Yes, okay. definitely. Do you, do you think she, that, that makes it hard, I think, for an audience to relate to her? To relate to her and then to root for her because why would you relate or root for someone that comes across as if she's had it all and there's no um, obstacle that she's overcoming. Exactly. And Sam as a whole, she's she broke up with Miguel and yes. when he really wanted to make it work and he was going through some stuff as well. And she was just like, you didn't ask about me and all that. And she was just acting so entitled at the beginning of the season. And then when he wanted to make it up to her and bought her a necklace with all, all of his savings. Oh, yeah. And he just dropped it because she broke up with him. That was really sad. Yeah. And then after that, when, um, uh, what was that? When she goes to the party to celebrate and she sees uh, Miguel like kissing someone else, yeah. she just freaks out. She's like, you're the one who broke up with him. Like, what are you mad about? You have yeah. no right to be mad. Yeah, I think they kind of made her character feel a little bit one-dimensional in that sense. And exactly. maybe even a little bit stereotypical, which I think is a little bit unfair. But to their credit, I mean, she is the daughter of Daniel LaRusso. And Daniel, I feel like, you know, he's he was portrayed the same kind of way to some people in Karate Kid where some people are like, Daniel was the villain. Like, there's this whole subculture that existed prior to Cobra Kai where it was, uh, you know, Daniel LaRusso, he's the real villain. He's the real bully. Like, sure, he had it. He had the obstacles in the beginning, but then when you look at a lot of the things that he did, like, he kind of is unlikable. And I think that's what made the first couple seasons so great was that they really made you feel, they humanized Johnny Lawrence in the beginning and then they, uh, at the same time, made him look like, what a loser. This is why he's a loser. Yeah. And then they did like, the same thing the, with Daniel. In the first few seasons, I feel like Daniel was a protagonist, but somehow anti-hero. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Jo yeah I think because he, Johnny or Daniel was the anti-hero. 
feel like Daniel because okay. he was portrayed poorly to Johnny. Yeah, because, yeah. Because Johnny was kind of like, even though he wasn't the protagonist, there was like focus on him being the good guy in mm. his own sense. In his own world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, back to Sam. I, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, sorry. We're, we're jumping everywhere. <laughs> Sam, hate on her. Hate on her. Do it. <laughs> no, not hate on her. I was going to say that no hate to the actress, but I feel like she didn't portray what Sam should have been like really well. Like, even if she was and supposed to be a fairly unlikable character, I feel like she didn't put a lot of emotion into the character because um, my, I was talking to my dad about it because we were watching it together. And he's... Uh, uh, he told me that apparently when the actress for Sam took the role, she didn't understand the significance behind it because oh. she didn't really watch Karate Kid and all that. And her, it was her boyfriend who pushed her to take the role because he's like a major Karate Kid. Okay. Fan. So she didn't, didn't really, she didn't really want to take it. She was just like, all right, it's like another thing to my portfolio. I yeah. don't care. Kind of yeah. And so I feel like that's really visible in her roles because she doesn't really seem that into it. Because yeah. uh, she, I understand that she's supposed to have a lot of trauma, but that one thing from Tori, like scratching her on her arm, is like traumatizing her so much that she can't even think straight anymore. Is kind of like unbelievable, especially considering that her boyfriend that she broke up with has a broken back because of yeah. her ex boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and going back to like the whole Miguel thing, like it's really hard. Miguel's been a little bit, you know, unlikable at times, but Miguel is yeah. just such a. A dude you want to root for, like he, yeah. he's single parent home, and he's like he's trying to go out and search for who his father is, and he's trying to get back the girl after you know he, things didn't go the way he hoped they would, and he broke his back, and like that's it's hard to exactly. not want to root for the guy who broke his back and exactly. came back from it, right? And what I really loved was that after the fight with Robbie and Miguel, when uh, Johnny let it slip that uh, yes. Carmen and they yeah. were gonna have a baby, it was it. They weren't like, "Oh my God, is this why you like brought us together? Is this your whole ulterior motive?" They were they were just genuinely happy. Yeah, yeah. They they reacted. I think to the news. In a realistically, way. yeah, and realistically yeah. too. Like I think that's kind of how you would react, where you're like, "Wait, oh my God, really?" Instead of yeah. like, wait, what were your ulterior motives? Right, which which just feels yeah, too... which, which which happens to come up in a lot of shows because I was expecting that. Yeah, but it was it was a really happy moment. It was like, oh my god, I'm so yeah. happy for you. I agree, and I think that that kind of leads us to you know one of the big themes that that I saw so much of, which was moving forward is a major theme this season. And again, like I really didn't love this season. I still love the show. I'm still gonna watch season six yeah. as soon as it comes out. I'm still gonna reach out to you when season six comes out. <laughs> but like I just felt like this season was really about moving forward was like a huge theme. Uh, Johnny was yeah. you know when he was at the club talking to Chosen and saying like you know you, you can't focus on the present. I realized like um, or sorry focusing on the present and not focusing on the past and like how he talked about that one kick like ruined his life and it's like yeah. you know get over it and and I think that it was a major theme and, and Tori trying to move forward and get out of Cobra Kai and I think the way for her to get to move forward was to get out of where she currently yeah. was you know we talked about Robbie and Miguel but I think like those were like the really interesting uh, character journeys that I saw uh, was just trying to not be stuck in the past and the adults yeah. are the worst ones because the adults were always the ones stuck in the past agree it didn't occur to me until uh daniel said it 
that um, Johnny is the reason why all of this started because he brought back Cobra Kai when it wasn't necessary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which which is it, so great because Johnny is so lovable now. But when you, yeah, you want to point blame. He, he, yeah. And he's the one who really wants to destroy it now because he understands what he's done wrong. It's not just like, it wasn't my fault. I was yeah. going through something. He was like, it was my fault and I will fix it kind of thing. Moving forward, right? Like exactly. taking accountability and, and moving forward. And now Johnny is also here for Carmen and uh, the incoming kid. Yeah, in- incoming. <laughs> incoming! <laughs> that's a, that's it's, better than saying, it's better than saying upcoming kid. It's not like an event. That's true. Like there's an upcoming child. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how he's going to move forward, right? His character yeah. is – he's going to – and you know they focused on this a lot. And it was kind of adorable him trying to like, you know, baby-proof <laughs> baby proof yeah. his house but like yeah. i think that's where you know you can see he's trying you can see he's trying to move forward and he's even he even acknowledged at one point where he was talking to his ex-wife and he says you know i'm not going to be make the same mistakes that i did like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dwell in the past but i also have an opportunity to to fix it by not focusing on the past for yeah. once so i think and- it's really cool seeing johnny do that and the scene where he uh, puts his house back together and yeah. the baby-proofing part, I feel like it like brought back the spirit of season one. Yes, because like the the way he was like super untidy, and then he started cleaning up a little because he met Miguel, and then that that kind of stuff. And then when it happened oh, this season, yeah. and he he like uh, creates the whole sheriff county jail kind of thing. Oh my god, so which was cute. which was amazing because like that was. You know, like that. I, I think that was something I felt didn't happen as frequently in the other seasons, where there wasn't that like charming or goofy or kind of like over the top, uh, like laugh out loud kind of moments. Where I felt like season one through four just was like littered with them. It did a great job of balancing the serious um, with the funny, but that that whole like wild western thing. And then, like, I don't know how to get out. Like, we're we're st- we're stuck. Was and was so the funny. The key down the drain. <laughs> oh my god! That, very Johnny, <laughs> right? So so funny. And like, but and that's kind of where I was like, okay, finally, like they're they're getting back to what made this yeah. series so great. Uh, yeah. Other any other moving moving forward uh, being a major theme. I know you were you mentioned chosen and Kumiko. Uh, yeah, so the the scene. Okay, so the scene where he called uh, Kumiko and was like, "I I did a good thing by coming here and yeah. uh, all that," and that he's excited to see her again. The the music in the background was so foreboding. I was like, someone else is going to be listening in and is going to do something. When he or, was on the like the on the side of the club. No, in the background, like okay. when he was talking, the the, ma- the background music was so like somber. It I was didn't even scary. pick up on that. Yeah listen to the background music okay. a lot it's it's like my thing uh, no i love so, that <laughs> i was listening to that because uh it's it's kind of become a habit now because in a lot of the movies i watch the music plays a big role oh yeah because um for example in like these spy movies when there, it's supposed to be a supposedly lighthearted conversation it's sometimes like really dark music because that conversation is going to come back to haunt them oh i love and that, that kind yeah of thing. so i started picking up on that kind of stuff and uh i was I noticed that the music was like really scary. So I thought either some uh, someone's listening in. Yeah. Someone's going to get killed, either Kumiko or Chosen. If Kumiko dies, then Daniel is going to be broken beyond repair. Yeah. And uh, Chosen too, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah. And um, if Chosen dies, then 
I mean, if anybody dies, it's going to affect Daniel really badly. Yeah. So with the dying part, I thought maybe as I'm kind of trying to replay this in my head now, I wonder if that scene was supposed to foreshadow the like the 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 clickbait of chosen dying the scene where he looks like he's left for dead and like i mean they there was a there's a lot of blood so and he wasn't (laughs) he wasn't just like ow ooh my back like he was just like yeah just not (laughs) moving uh you know in a puddle of water so yeah i I wonder if that was maybe foreshadowing that and and in a way in a sick way i was kind of like when chosen died character is amazing he's so funny he's so important i i love that they how much they've included him i i guess in my head i was thinking like okay so he 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 cleansed himself and confessed uh and kind of had that really deep moment with kumiko even though it was it was her voicemail i, I wonder if like all right he's good now he's got it off his chest like his character can die in a way and 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 that's a way for the other characters to move forward and maybe end this thing but then when he didn't die i was like so what was all that for? Exactly. I feel like if the next season has to be the finale, I yeah. really hope so. I mean, I, I guess and the I show is too lighthearted. Someone, yeah. The, the show is too lighthearted for someone to die. So I guess when I saw Chosen, it was like, oh, this is what they've been building towards. Yeah, but I even though I agree, it is quite lighthearted for someone to die easily. Yeah. But I feel like really someone should have died in that uh, scene with like uh, – all of those fighters with yeah. all like those really finely trained uh, yeah. Korean uh, karate artists yeah. and uh, silver and all that, who creates his own silver bullet kind of stuff. I feel like people who are drunk fighting against those skilled people and winning should have no really, chance. Should have no chance, and it's yeah. really unrealistic. So at least yeah. someone should have died. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess... if chosen stayed dead. I would have been like really sad, but it would make sense. At yeah, least I agree. Someone needs to die next season. Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't even know then. Like, if anyone needs to die next season, because I feel like then because then you then you have to do a, then you have to do another season after that in some kind of way to to grow from it or avenge or or yeah. something. So I yeah, I thought that was going to be the way for them to move forward. Was like, wow, look at the reality of what this whole gang fight has like, what the consequences are. So. For yeah. that, I kind of was a little bit thrown off. And then obviously we talked about Miguel moving forward uh, by by trying to go backwards and realizing that there's nothing backwards for him in his past yeah. and that the best thing for him was moving forward. Uh, and I also feel that uh, while they were in prison, visiting Crease for help with silver kind of stuff, Yeah. when, uh, he, when Daniel baited him with the lawyer's number mm-hmm. and didn't give it to him after gave him all the information considering how much of a vengeful person Crease is I feel like he's definitely coming back for like some sort of anger yeah so let's let's talk about Crease right now I guess uh, I was dead wrong uh, so I have to be the first one to admit that last season uh, on this podcast I, I talked very very passionately or <laughs> arrogantly that I felt so confident that Crease was going to, since he the, since the season ended with him going to jail because of Silver, that Crease would be the person that helps uh, Johnny and Daniel defeat Silver, and that he would turn, he would become your I mean, your good guy. He, he did in his own way. It's yes. the most he could do. Yeah, because 
uh, he is not one to trust people, especially because of all the like how yeah you can tell that he was really affected by Johnny saying that he wanted to get rid of his legacy. Yeah, and erase his name, kind of thing. Because that's all he has and, is his legacy. Yeah, so that's all he has left, and because he his dead girlfriend and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean he's got a lot of trauma going on, and when the only person he considered his own son, as you can see in the flashback as well. Yeah, like if if your own if a person you kind of adopt to be your son betrays you because honestly it was Chris's fault in the first place, but yeah. betrays you in your sense, then it's kind of hurtful and you don't want to go back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. So I feel like he's going to come back for revenge, but only against Daniel because he still doesn't want to hurt Johnny. Oh, interesting. So the other thing that I was wrong about was I said that in order for him to turn and be a true hero uh, in what I thought was going to happen this season to help take down Silver was that John, uh, Kreese was going to have to die. I thought that... He, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. he did, right? Well, th- well, listen, when he died, I definitely was thinking... I was thinking exactly to everything I said, and I was like, wait, so he just dies like a punk in prison? That's it? Like, there's no, there's no like, comeuppance for anyone else? And it was so obvious that he wasn't dead because the Kreese that we know would have... Like pulled out his karate moves to like stop the people rather than just stand there. So obviously he wasn't dead. I will say this when he did. So so I was definitely wrong on that, and I, I really thought I, I still am holding out hope that this show is a story about the three main characters from Karate yes. Kid: Crease, Johnny Lawrence, and and Larusso. So I think you know they they try to take him down, and I think I wonder: do you just go back to Crease being? the baddie bad villain in the new season or is there some kind of new layer to him that they unpeel which makes him a little bit more complicated there i feel like there's definitely going to be a new layer okay but i don't think that's going to make him a good person per se like because he he still has his like hard set on cobra kai yeah and right now after silver was arrested cobra kai has to be a part of the sekai taikai that they spelt the entire season building up Oh. So when uh, they they also need a sensei, they, the students just can't go fight by themselves. And the 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 Korean teacher lady, I forgot her name. Yeah, is, yeah, is probably just gonna leave since Silver is no longer paying her. She and is. She was the wor- most boring, stereotypical, like intense teacher uh, yeah. villain imaginable where every line she said i was cringing just thinking like oh my god the most poorly written character in the entire show thus far yeah i agree like she was a she was a henchman she had no purpose exactly tori had her own reasons to do her stuff and uh well even though she came up with a lie it was kind of believable but she was just like it's a lie and she makes her punch a wall yeah so so Beautiful, amazing dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that exactly. It was. It, may, it. She may have been a fantastic actress in her own right, but the writing for her was terrible because I just didn't care about her. I just felt like every time she talked, she was the second yeah. henchman to Silver, and they did nothing to. They've been doing such a great job with building in new villain or new character, and then building them up for the next season. And that was a major theme. I know we talked about. I think either season three or four, where the 
the current villain gets overtaken by a yeah. new villain. And, you know, they did that with bringing in Crease at the end of, I think, season one, and then uh, bringing in Terry Silver, Silver to, to overtake Crease. Uh, yeah. And I just felt like, who's going to, I guess, Crease, you know, kind of does does that and just kind of overtakes him again. Yeah. But I, I you I can tell. Like that, that I feel like that would be the full, like, the, the full circle ending. Because yeah. um, it started with Crease. And if uh, in the middle it was crease again, that was good. But like, yeah, like bringing in, yeah, yeah, but bringing him back for the final season as the main villain, but not like a pure evil like Silver He's would more be complex a really now. good ending. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, you could. I'm sure you're you're catching on that. Like, I really love the the hero turns and like realizes the error of his ways kind of motif. Uh, and and I'm you know I'm still holding out hope for that because I think Crease has layers that you can root for him. I still think he needs to die in order for that to happen. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'm sick like that. Like, <laughs> no, like it, he it makes sense to when you watched a lot. Yeah, it makes like, sense when you watched a lot or read a lot and you know that a teach a, a character is getting a little stale, even though they're interesting. Yeah, like they're just there and it's the same stuff repeating. You, yeah. You, little change and someone and if you're gonna have a and if you're gonna have a character hey you said it on me he needs to die uh (laughs) but if you but i also think that if you're gonna have a character that does die and nobody dies in this show right so that's so the first person to die needs to have meaning uh there's got to be some kind of significant purpose for the death yeah it's it's not some shows do it really poorly yeah where they just have to kill off a character so they just say there's a big fight and they end up running onto a road and a truck yeah. crushes into them or something yeah. like that's you those characters don't deserve that kind of ending especially when they're big shots yes so you e- they either go down in a fight or uh this wouldn't work for the season but or you bring in another character who basically destroys them yeah but that would just create a whole nother cycle. And yeah, that's I not agree. Worth it. And then you're just killing Crease just for shock value. There's no lesson to be learned. There's no yeah. coming of, of age or aha moment for him. Or the other one would be um, him, like, unaliving himself. Okay. Which would not, which might not work for him unless something gets a little extreme with both Johnny's, like Lawrence and Crease. Okay. So unless it gets a little extreme and even though Crease has been like the war has like mental blocks yeah. against any sort of pain, I feel like if Johnny does anything more to like absolutely hurt Crease, I feel like there is a chance that Crease would give up. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, one more thing on Crease. We were talking before we started recording about the hilarity of him being the most known uh, – <laughs> Go ahead. You you said it. You said it great. And this is again. This is a major like problem. I think you and I both kind of had was the. I think if you're gonna go here, I'll say this before before you break down the ending of it. I think if you're gonna go uh, funny and goofy and over the top like this show has gone, you need to go all in like they have. Yeah. If you're gonna go serious, you need to go all in. I think they got caught Not somewhere. A weird mix of the two. They got caught in the middle. I think this season. What yeah. was your issue with uh, with Crease rising from the dead? <laughs> So after he just goes from the morgue, from the autopsy and all that, he just walks out after like beating up the scientists. Yeah. And just because he's wearing the, the doctor's robes, he's just like walking out. Nobody cares whether he's wearing shoes or not. 
And like he's supposed to be a big shot in the prison and like the the sensei at the place and everybody knows his face but somehow the guards and everyone rushing in to see what happened does not recognize him just because he's wearing white <laughs> and he just walks out and there's no alarms going off like what is this prison yeah yeah right what is this prison <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I i i agree i mean if everybody in the valley is this into karate they need to know who his what his face is um I did. I did feel like when they killed him, and then they they zoomed out and they just showed the pool of blood. Yeah. I just remember saying like, "That's it. He dies like a punk. Like that's that's it. Just just that's it. He just exactly. Gets, he just it gets was... stabbed. No purpose. You don't see it coming. There's no like. There's no reason for it. It's just another prisoner just shanks him, and then, <laughs> and maybe I missed something. Maybe there was a conversation between him and that guy. Uh, I just didn't see it. Like they're fighting over like what, like Me a fruit, a fr- like a cup of fruit. Like this is the my the, the jello. jello. Yeah, it's my <laughs> jello. Like, come on, dude, just let him have the jello. Don't get killed over jello, kids. Don't get killed He's over a, jello. Like give it to Chris. He's a senior citizen, <laughs> right? I know. Like, yeah, yeah, and also respect your elders. Another- give them jello. <laughs> And then obviously once they show him on the gurney, I was like, okay, he's not dead, obviously. Like, they're going to do something where he's like, you know, ha-ha. When, when he was dead, didn't some guard come and check his pulse? How do you fake a pulse? Rika, you and your logic, <laughs> all right? Don't you know that, that plot armor exists? So my when I gave up on the show in between because it just got far too boring and we needed to take a break. Yeah, you my, did take this- a, a break. Yeah, I just couldn't. We were chatting for a while about like, hey, I want to do this. I was like, yeah, yeah, give me some time to finish it. And I thought you were going to beat me to the end. It was it was, re- it was really bad. I just couldn't get through it. It was a chore a little so, bit. So, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, so my dad, he just continued watching it without me. Unbelievable. So, How could you, dad? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I when he was watching it on the TV, I walked in from um, on, like I was on the bus and I came back home, and I saw the scene where like Chris is dead, and I was like, oh my god, Chris is dead. And then uh, I just had lunch and I went back upstairs to finish my homework. And then when I came back downstairs, Chris is just standing there. Yeah. I was really confused, and I hadn't even gotten to the point where Chris was dead when I didn't watch that episode yet. <laughs> so I was so lost. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I. I think that's a common theme is it sounds like Chosen being, uh, being you know, dead for you uh, and uh, Increase being dead. That was the thing that got you to, like, you know, pique your interest again. Yeah. You're sick. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's dead. Let me watch more. No, it's because they're characters that you wouldn't expect to die. Yeah. And you so. called it. You said it was, like, very clickbaity. I don't know if you said – I think you said this before yeah. we started recording. But it – Though Chosen being left for dead at the end of that scene where it was like, oh, my God. You know, I know we talked about it, but like, oh, my God, like Chosen's dead. Uh, and then Kreese being killed. It was like, oh, they're getting dark. Uh, but it, it all felt like clickbait where like one, you, you're invested and you're like, I got to keep watching. And then you find out they're just literally in the next scene, like with a Band-Aid, like and a lollipop in the next scene. Like, nah, it's all good. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> And he's like, that's a lot of flesh that's gone, though. <laughs> right. And look, that was a lot of blood in that pool. So, uh yeah, I, I don't know. So as we're, we're we're coming towards the end here a little bit, uh, favorite scene because there was some good stuff, and then just some fun callbacks and Easter eggs, which I think this the, the series as a whole does a really great job of 
of doing. So what was your, if you had to pick one scene, what was your favorite scene or scene that just stood out the most that maybe we didn't chat about yet? The my honestly my favorite scene that we didn't talk about yet was when Tori joined like Robbie Miguel and the Miyagi Do kids, and uh like, af- to break into Silver's office. Oh yeah, because she realized that what he was doing was really lo- really wrong, and she knew about the cup, and but even. What really bothered oh, me yeah. was when she told Sam about it and Sam blamed her because she doesn't realize that she's not entitled to that information. Yeah. Like, yes, she won the cup, but it took Tori a lot of effort to say that because if someone else were listening in, she could have been killed. Totally. And I think just her pride, too. It, you know, she's she's essentially discounting the win by admitting to yeah. the person that you beat, like... Hey, like I, I didn't beat you, and yeah, I, I think and, I owe it to like, you to tell you. Yeah, and someone else, and someone else, like paid for paid the ref and yeah. stuff, and it's you're the one who won. And it's, when Sam takes it poorly, it just doesn't sit right with me because yeah. she like shoves her and like the you could tell how hurt Tori was when she was like screw you, Larusso, and like yeah. I didn't. I didn't come all the way here and forfeit my match against you just to get beaten up like this after, like coming to you. I guess. How would you take it if you're Sam? Like, would you just be like to your arch enemy and be like, "Oh, thanks for telling me. We're good." No, I. I see. I understand why Sam is mad, but she should have also understood that. Tori did come to her. Like she came to her at some point. And it's that takes like, a lot of guts. It's not like it was like fifteen years in the future when it doesn't mind when it doesn't matter anymore. They all have kids. Like great point. If she tells her at that point, then she's like, it makes no difference. Why are you telling me now? And yeah. then if she got mad, kinda, and like you would have changed my whole life and that kind of thing, then yes, it makes sense. But when they're in the midst of like the turf war, as you said, yeah. <laughs> and it actually matters who's on what side. It's a good thing that Tori told Sam. Like she should have understood that a little bit, even though she was not. I think that's fair. Doing it in fifteen years, Tori would be doing it only for herself, uh, so yeah. that she could cleanse herself. But doing it right yeah. now, within within the six months or so, she has her reasons. Yeah, it's it's doing it for Sam almost just as much as doing it for herself and for to herself. cleanse herself. Uh, I love the Stingray stuff. Like I thought yeah. that was great. Um, which the I know you talked about listening to. Uh, songs in the background, like the background scores, uh, yeah. I couldn't help but notice there was a song by a famous pro wrestler, it's uh, Fozzie, the song Judas that was playing as he walked into oh. his place and he's singing the lyrics, which is like, what yeah. have I become? Uh, everything I've ever loved, I've pushed them all away. Yeah. To the Judas in my mind. I mean, Judas, obviously, that's a an, a, an allusion to the Bible and the whole like yeah. stabbing someone in the back and betrayal. And I think like, it just fits so well, and I, 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 mean, I love the song, like, and I love how they use the song in that scene because it really fit his character, like betrayal, and like you know, he kind of has that moment of realizing, like, you know, I am a loser. Like, what have I become? I'm nothing, and like, I've done it the cheap way, and like, feeling yeah. really badly about himself. Uh, but I thought that scene really set that up well. I think that Stingray was the most relatable character. Yeah, because he showed that. He, like all the other characters are like 
I am morally correct and that kind of thing. And Silver is like, I don't care. I want to win. But Singer is like, he's human. And he shows that people can be bought over. If if you have enough reason to, and you're like at rock bottom, you don't have anywhere else to go. And you're offered out one solution, even if it's like a bad one, you take it. Very human because we all... We all just want to fit in in some way, <laughs> yeah. right? And like, I mean, some people will go to great lengths to do it. And then uh, just final final thought that we we're kind of chatting about, little things that I really like, just some callbacks and Easter eggs. Uh, I might be wrong here. Like I I legitimately, I don't know about you, but and, and it's okay if you do, but like when, when I do, whenever we do any kind of episode on uh, any kind of show or movie or whatever, uh, I really try not to look on YouTube and look at like, you know, top 10 Easter eggs that you may have missed and like all that stuff because I feel like then it's just regurgitating content, you know, like, and I'm better than that. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I I have to, so I don't know if this is verified or not, but the scene in which that crazy drunk scene where they're all fighting and it looked like Johnny's about to, you know, get killed and then he has that moment where he sees the uh, sonogram picture and, you know, hulks back up to life and, and kicks butt. They drop. They kick. He kicks out. I think, or throws a guy through a TV mounted on a wall. And yeah. I don't know if I'm just over. If I'm being an English teacher here, but I thought that was a throwback to the first time we see Johnny Lawrence in season one, where he's mounting a TV on the wall for like the rich housewife, and he gets into an argument with her. Oh. It, it that that's this show, right? Like I did no verifying of it, but when I saw it, I was like. Wait, that was the first time we saw Johnny Lawrence where he was just like this scummy kind of dude. Yeah, it makes sense because it's like he's grown since then. First time we saw him, he's grown so much since then. Uh, The challenger being brought back was like a cool little like nod to uh, the first couple of seasons. So I thought there were, you know, there's deeper ones. I know you talked about Kumiko uh, being one. Oh, the one where they were training and trying to show the the committee, the Sekai Taikai committee, uh, their training methods, and they went to like the warehouse and the watermelon thing. Yep, that yep. was from the previous season. Yeah, oh, yeah, the watermelon. Yeah, <laughs> and when she and the um, Rocky, um, the what was that? The illusion to uh, the Rocky. Oh, movies. Yes. Oh my. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> those were those were so great and like needed lightheartedness during that. Yeah. Uh, love that, love that. Um, like it was competitive, but it re- it required that like back and forth, like a banter kind of thing. Yes, and when the guy is like, you know, it it fixed our nation or whatever he yeah. said, like if you could change, then I could change. We all could change. So so good, so good. And when he was showing them around Miyagi Do, and like he was just like back then the the old man in some well or something, like the whole story that he started coming up with. Yeah, so good, so good. <laughs> oh, man. Rika, this was so much fun. Uh, listen, it really was. C- can I commit you to season six? Yeah, of course. All right, awesome. So we'll have you on season six then. And until next time, stay safe, stay hungry, see ya!